Hello, hello, Climate Warriors. Welcome back to the Climate Network. Today's guest is someone I've been dying to work with for almost a decade. With a career spanning over 30 years in disaster risk reduction and climate change adaptation spanning across the Indian subcontinent, Abha Ma'am is currently the head of office UNDP here and works on issues ranging from waste management to impact on women to tribal development, rural infrastructure, livelihoods, coastal resilience and much more. Welcome ma'am. Thank you. How does somebody who is a student of anthropology end up in a career with climate? I started working uh, after my college post-graduation in anthropology on tribals, forestry and livelihoods. But 1999 super cyclone changed the whole, uh, you know, course of action. And I volunteered with a group of NGOs, about 190 uh, to work for the relief and rehabilitation. And subsequently, I got an opportunity to work with UNDP as United Nations volunteer. And since then, the journey has been on a roller coaster, uh, one disaster of the other all across uh, India. And uh, like a one of the kind, the tsunami, the 2004 tsunami also took me to the shores of uh, Sri Lanka. To be very frank, if you really look at it uh, from the anthropological perspective, the tribals have been a part and parcel of the whole ecosystem of the tri- uh, the forest. They look after the forest, they think, uh, take conserve forest and they are the best regenerators of forest also. So that's also in a way, you know, anything what happens to the weather impacts the forest areas also. Uh, disasters is an a product or uh, in a way uh, if we say the natural disasters is a product of uh, the weather changes so being a part of the climate change disaster risk reduction is uh, something which we have been doing and i have been involved in from the day one well technically speaking it was your volunteering that took you to the un right Yes. In a way, uh, you know, I had uh, about uh, 45 days, I had already volunteered with uh, a group of people uh, where we worked with 190 NGOs for relief, rehabilitation, coordinating rescue and also bringing people back to some type of normalcy. And that one page of CV which was sent... uh, may have made a difference, may not have made a difference. But during the interview, when they asked me what I am doing and I said, I think that made them feel comfortable or say, yes, this person can be a good volunteer. This person would do it. She's not after, you know, a job as of now. She is willing to volunteer. So for me, it's very important to understand voluntary, anybody can become a volunteer. And it could be an engineering student, it could be a medical student, or it could be just somebody like me who had just done a post-graduation in anthropology. A lot of us think, oh, he's, the person has done just a, a simple master's or a simple not linked to a social work or not linked to a technical job, cannot volunteer. No. Everybody can volunteer and volunteer for what you can do best. 
it can be just help somebody in identifying how to plant the tree properly or it could be teach somebody what how to do um, you know mathematics or even how to cook because cooking is also, also an art not everybody is good cook yes i completely agree with you <laughs> i started as a volunteer i think when i was 14 or 15 and i wasn't planting the plant the right way i remember somebody coming up to me and teaching me how to do it and telling me that next time koi aur karega then you teach that person how to plant a plant so and i believe that uh, I, i am who i am today because of the volunteering experience that i've had over the years my career trajectory took a different head altogether after my law had i not understood what volunteering means i don't think i would be where i am today no i agree with you completely i also feel that you know uh, the the tragedy of 1999 and the volunteering i did and i you know it also helped me shape my uh way of thinking on what is right and what is wrong and how it should be done so that the benefit reach reaches the person maximum so it's very important to volunteer and i think every person irrespective of the age sex gender Uh, gender identity also should volunteer because that actually broadens your scope not about only the subject we are working in but it also brings you a huge knowledge about people to people interaction and that's what we need and that's what sometimes i feel that the generation next is missing out When I started with UNDP I joined uh, like I mentioned I joined as a United Nation volunteer. So I worked in the community uh, with the community as well as the district administration. What was my role was more to you know support the district administration in the relief rehabilitation after the aftermath of uh, super cyclone 1999 with the communities talk to them find out what are their problems and communicate it back to them so we were working as a liaison person while also providing technical inputs to the district administration supporting them in their uh, activities and also bringing in certain expertise from across the world one of the biggest uh, you know work of UNDP is also to do the knowledge man, uh, transfer so the the whole knowledge from south south or north south uh, or within the south asia that's something which we also do that's one of the biggest uh, you know uh, strengths of UNDP thank you for summarizing using these few words as to what undp does most people believe that undp is all about money giving funds etc but uh, what they don't realize or most people don't realize is it's all about knowledge transfer it's all about hand holding it's about governance so thank you for just summarizing it all you mentioned working with communities can you tell us about that experience community level now if i look back uh, on the disaster management itself uh, you know we could be we were the partners with the government when we started doing uh, community based disaster preparedness uh, 
we were the ones who also supported in developing the uh, policies and the acts uh, contributing to th- those things based on the evidences from the country and outside the country we also supported them in the capacity building act- uh, activities maybe material development review of material actually going and training people now what we are doing also is working with the government to have resilient infrastructure so we have this uh, whole you know called the cdri that is uh, coalition for disaster risk infrastructure so we are working in that also so disaster management is just one example so if i take it we can also in the climate change uh, scenario because we are also talking about climate change scenario the whole uh, we have the uh, ndcs are there national determined goals which are there contribution to the whole world so we are working with that we are working with the central government we are working with the biodiversity boards we are also working with the niti aayog to identify where we need more work we are working with the uh, with, with the uh, green climate fund where we work on water conservation or uh, or uh, coastal resilience uh, in the similar way we are also working on the biodiversity in the saving the snow leopards and one of the greatest priorities that UNDP and UN has right now is climate uh, will you tell us about what UNDP has been doing at a national level at a south asian level what are the interventions that we are looking at in UNDP is the integrator for the whole uh, climate uh, sdg agenda which basically means that uh, whatever actions is being taken by different agencies we w- uh, we aggregated to identify that which country is going going to achieve the 2030 agenda or where we are falling short now uh, in india uh, specifically on climate change uh, there are lot, some agencies most of the agency work uh, given within their mandate to work on climate change UNDP specifically works uh, one is on the solarization bit of it that's the renewable energy and india if you have read through the newspapers and other thing we are doing quite fairly well that's one thing the second thing which we are doing is we are working with lot of state governments specifically on the coastal resi- uh, resilience which basically means that you are working uh, you know on um, the coast uh, the mangroves replantations sea grasses sun sand dunes reviving the livelihood options of the uh, those areas and also seeing that the developmental activity which happens there is uh, is done in a way it does not disturb the ecosystem which basically means you're working in on an ecosystem based resilience project the uh, third thing which we are also doing is looking at the circularity of the whole economy which is uh, talk you know recycling reusing re- refurbishing and you know of the plastic waste or the textile waste or the electronic waste so waste management circularity is also something which UNDP is working on 
biodiversity conservation is the fourth thing which we is we are also working with uh, you know it's uh, i still remember you know my first professor when i started working him you know, working with him on a project called man uh, man and forest which talked about for uh, tribal's relationship with forest uh, said the debate is sometimes between uh do you i want to conserve the tiger or do i want to conserve the bees there are proponents of proponents which says that if you conserve the tiger the bee is saved in, in itself but there are the other uh, also who says if i save the bee the tiger will be saved now i sometimes look at it uh, as you know the be as the community and tiger as the national level initiatives so you know when, so we have to work together that's it and uh, so there are so many small and then we are doing something on uh, just transition where we working with in the uh, closed mine areas trying to reclaim the land which has been lost because of mining or working with the community you see what type of different skill sets would be required if we close down the mines also so i mean there are so many things which is happening and which the government of india undp and other agencies um, uh, are working on i am curious to know what are the legislations what are the acts that undp has helped uh, the central government or the state government bring into force it's actually called the disaster management act 2005 uh india started uh, you know working towards it in 1993 with the support of undp and uh, the policy makers went across to all over the world to actually understand who is doing what in disaster management and that's where uh, after it's only after you know three consecutive uh, disasters disaster uh, of 1999 super cyclone the earthquake gujarat earthquake of 2001 and the tsunami of 2004 after which the disaster management act came in being before the disaster management act the orissa state government and the gujarat state government already had a state disaster management authority in itself uh, along with that also you already these uh, states also had something the policies were there Uh, the disaster management policy of the country came in 2009 they also had lot of resilience building within the state governments of the state government of orissa and the gujarat uh, tamil nadu did a lot of good work also specifically in strengthening their uh, systems after the tsunami and the tsunami uh, preparedness activity is one of the best in this uh, you know world itself we have the incoys supporting that tsunami activity i would also like to mention something about you know the kerala floods which uh, it happened in 2018 what did uh, kerala floods actually teach us that sometimes we forget in the normal times what can happen in the disaster time because there was no big event in kerala the dams the water bodies were not taken care of so when the rains and the water in these dams 
the rains were continuous and the water was accumulating in the dams we were not able to open up some of the gates which led to more flooding these are lessons learned and the government of india is now having actually a dam safety um, initiative also was it because the doors were jammed there was rust was there silting is it because of there were multiple of reasons you know it could be some places it was not opening because of uh, rusting it could be also because of silting but each dam has its own problems so you really have to look at the reports of the government to understand what happened in each of the area so i'll tell you one story you know uh, after the super cyclone we had a project called shelter management now in the shelter management we introduced a lot of uh, alternative construction practices which means that you didn't have uh, the normal english bond construction we had rat trap bonds what is that yes that's what very interesting when we started going to the community they said rat trap bond musa posi jibota bhitare because it was a like a box like uh, structures it didn't have any holes nothing was there but it was the bricks were placed in a box like uh, stru- uh, structure over each another and it it had a little bit of hollow in between the uh, blocks which was not filled with cement but when you look at the whole structure it was absolutely as strong as the english bond and also uh, interestingly it would use at least 10 to 15% less bricks and cement mortar so in one of the balishwar districts uh, balishwar blocks where we were constructing this there was a major uh, discussion amongst the people and saying oh uh, the rats will enter it and it is very weak so in the night one of the villagers actually went with a crowbar to break it and you know in the morning when we already second time had a meeting this gentleman had to politely say i tried it but it did not break <laughs> and so that became one of the best moments in where the the whole anganwadi center was uh, completed in about 40 45 days with the full cooperation of the people and af- after the super cyclone uh, in uh, 2013 when the filene cyclone happened i discussed with it with the panchayati raj department and they wanted to oh uh, did you really make these structures with the alternative technology there were couple of more features which i am not talking about uh, because it goes into a long way so what uh, we said okay let's do a quick reality check and see how much of these structures were uh, there and if the masons were still using the same technologies and we did a quick survey in four five uh, districts and in puri district we found a mason uh, prabhakar his name was and he was still constructing in the same technology he had been taught about he had prepared an ashram with filler slabs which basically means the whole roof had mangalorean tiles in between and concrete structure and he had a th- three story dr- house and he said i have refused to build houses which did not adhere to the earthquake sta- earthquake uh, engineering standards and the cyclone features 
So that's a big achievement for us. And keeping that in mind, the central government and the state governments actually have put in, you know, uh, uh, small guidelines that we should be, uh, you know, propagating uh, cyclone and uh, earth, uh, floods resilient features in our houses, in our Pradhan Mantri Awas Yojana or the Bijupaka Ghar and all those, they have done it. Of course, it's a beneficiary driven houses and with the, the cost uh, implication a little bit more, it again depends upon beneficiary, but it is there. So basically teaching a man how to fish instead of giving him a fish and that worked. Yes, it does work. And you know, sometimes it's also, uh, many a times it's also, we do not have the knowledge. That knowledge transfer has to happen. Many a times the knowledges are in files or in books. Uh, it's with the research agencies. It is not with the people who have to actually use them. That's so important. The capacity building, the awareness campaigns, uh, and also hand-holding. These three things have to go if we want to have a change. So is it correct to say that our uh, resilience or our infrastructure resilience to be specific is much, much better today? In terms of resilience also, would you tell us what the different kinds of resilience are that exist today? Because back then we would only think about the people who have died, the the destruction that has been done. Today we look at uh, the governance, we look at infrastructure resilience, we look at human resilience. So could you break down what resilience is, what it means for you? Because we understand uh, resilience to be bouncing back. What exactly is resilience? And what are the different kinds of resilience that you look at now, today, when you make the laws and the policies, uh, when the government implements its projects? in terms of uh, disaster and climate. Right. Uh, you know, first you have to understand what resilience is. And there are a lot of stakeholders, as you Jason has rightly mentioned, one of the stakeholders is the differentially abled persons. We also have transgender, we have elderly population, we have sick people, we have, you know, if you look at the community per se, you have the urban community, you have the rural community, you have the tribal community. So resilience for all of them would be quite different. And we have mentioned uh, resilience would be also socioeconomic resilience. Now, what does socioeconomic resilience means is uh, where are you in the social structure uh, and what are the rights you have? What is uh, how are you? placed in the society and how fast you will be able to get your uh, entitlements. So that makes a difference. The second is when we talk about the physical resilience. Physical resilience is uh, not about just roads, bridges uh, or the physical infrastructure created by the government to provide the basic uh, infrastructure. It is also about what you have. It could be a house. Now I could have a thatched house, I could have a pakka house and so that's also a part of it. Then we also have the environmental resilience. Now what do we mean by environmental? Is the ecosystem, is the place where we are staying, is it safe? Uh, if I am living on a flood plain, I will be flooded. It's as simple as that. So, uh, once we have understood what is the difference between all of them, uh, 
and look at it in terms of what can be done. That's what your question, what can be done. The first and foremost is we should have very good data systems which is uh, uh, there to understand the socio-economic condition of our own people. The first thing. The second thing is also we need to understand what is the uh, access to the basic services which we have. The third thing is the economic, economic uh, resilience of each of these communities also. Besides this, we also need to uh, uh, find out what are the hazards and the risk which we, they are potential. And it's not just risk which are existing. Potential risk is also important. Because if you really look at it, Gajpati district never had a um, landslide. It did not even have flooding. We, had, we saw it. We saw Koraput floodings in urban areas. So these are all uh, related to climate uh, changes. The weather changes, the weather or the, you know, the impact of the climate change. So we really need to also understand our ecosystems and try and uh, improve the conditions. And finally, what I also feel is that our risk-taking, uh, risk transfer mechanisms have to be introduced. So these are a couple of things which we are doing. And now if I come back to what government is doing. The government is ensuring that uh, the basics, shelter, water, and food, availability is there for all. So that's an investment which the governments are making. Risk transfer, to a certain extent, on the livelihood parameters, they are taking, you know, like Fasal Bhima Yojanas, the Weaver's Insurance Scheme, or the, you know, trying to bring in the construction workers, uh, the welfare board. So these are something, uh, or the slum developers, the um, Avas Yojana, which they are having. So they are trying to uplift and bring them to a certain economic level. Resilience of infrastructures, they are ensure, trying to ensure the power sectors don't go out. So they are trying to do underground cabling or wherever it is required to take up other. Your uh, infrastructure which is being built, it takes care of the cyclonic and flood uh, uh, levels which they have understood which is existing as per today's norm. Okay, uh, you know, uh, you have to all, uh, you know, the governance system also works uh, according to certain sectors and there are a lot of different stakeholders. The community may be one at the ground level, uh, but within the community also we have a lot of social structures. In the similar way, you also have a lot of governance structures. Now, uh, dams are also managed differently and there are a lot of different stakeholders in that in the similar way the cyclone shelters and everybody everything is mean so we need to bring in more there is coordination and everybody has started working together but in many of the disasters we did feel the lack of coordination and uh, but that has improved a lot in the country 
you work better that's why the zero casualty uh, approach of the government of orissa has uh, been awarded so many times we have literally reduced from nearly 10000 deaths to just 60 24 in the last uh, big cyclone so we are doing we are not making a lot of progress but we need to bring in more stakeholders it could be the ngos the grassroots workers the trade associations the corporates uh, the academia because they are the ones who do the research but the research doesn't get into the practiced areas so we need to bring in this we need more and more platforms we need more dialogue we need more discussions i hope this discussion adds to that yes i'm sure it would uh, because uh, young people uh, need to also listen to what happened before and uh, once they know what happened before their innovative minds can come up with innovative ideas which were not thought of and which have not which sometimes we lack also with new technologies the technological advancement i am sure the young people can do a lot and i think it is very important for the young people to also volunteer specifically uh, you know in the tech sector come up with new apps come up with new ideas which would help in reducing the time which is taken to do each work during or after a disaster on that note thank you so much ma'am for being here with us this was a fantastic conversation lot of takeaways perspective from within the un system perspective of governance and i'm very very thankful for this conversation thank, thank you so much thank you so much